Welcome to the Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we're going to be chatting about how to optimize your diet and mood using genetic testing. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you guys some background on what nutrigenomics is, and later we will chat with Shay Leonard, a board-certified physician's assistant who practices integrative psychiatry. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in Uganda, Mozambique, South Africa, the UK, France, Germany, Canada, Poland, and the USA. I appreciate you all. If today's show inspires you, I am inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Happy New Year, everybody. We are officially in 2021. Can you believe it? Child, I can't. I don't know about you, but the entire first month of any year, I get really focused on leveling up in all aspects, especially my health. And I kind of like prepare for this by gearing up on my birthday, which is October 15th. So I started on October 15th, 2020 to work on this level up game plan. And the way I do this is I get to know more about my body and my overall health by ordering a bunch of testing. Luckily, I can order testing on myself, and then I also have amazing Chinese medicine doctors and other health practitioners that I rely on to keep me in tip-top shape, so I also see them. And in my practice, we use testing from Genova Diagnostics, which I love. They have amazing functional medicine testing, and this year I went all out, y'all. I got a bunch of different tests, including the NutriVal, which I order for my clients from time to time. It tests for 125 nutritional biomarkers. Awesome. And I also got a telomere test to check in on the status of my body's true age. Luckily, I am still 10 years younger than my actual age. Hey, hey, (laughs) we'll see if I can keep that up or widen the gap next year. But the NutriVal was a game changer, really helped me personalize my supplementation. Also see how, just how I can support my body to process energy better and how I can level up. So today, what I want to do is give you a brief overview of how I look at genetic testing from a nutritional perspective and use it in my practice. And then we're going to speak to an amazing expert who's also going to give us some insights on how it can be used to optimize mood, mood disorders, even to choose medication. Um, So cool stuff. So in case you didn't know, food is information. Yes, child, it's actually information. It's like giving your body directions. Every single time you eat, you're giving your body directions that could either turn on or turn off certain genes for, for better or for worse. I think we're all aware that our genes somewhat determine the health hand that we have to deal with in life. So you know that if your grandparents or your parents had heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, etc., this kind of leaves you more susceptible to getting those same conditions especially if you choose to eat and live a lifestyle that is identical to your predecessors. If you haven't heard it, I'm going to tell you this, this famous quote that's often quoted, your genetics loads the gun and your lifestyle pulls the trigger. This is most certainly true. For me, this was also confirmed by interviewing amazing, fabulous men and women who have achieved extraordinary longevity 
that had family histories of disease. Maybe their mother had cancer, their sisters had cancer, but because of their diet and lifestyle choices, they were able to change their personal health outcomes. And that is hashtag goals. It's like, we don't have to be at the mercy anymore of our family history of disease. One thing I do want to say about this is, and I always tell my clients, this is if you don't talk to your parents or your grandparents or other family members about their health issues, please do. Please start doing so. A lot of families sometimes keep this a big hush-hush secret, but then you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice because because you share genes with these people, (laughs) a lot of times the issues that you might be going through are issues they've already dealt with. Maybe they didn't even mention to you. And so just by understanding, you know, what they're going through, what their choices they made, you know, what uh, their major challenges were that came up at certain times, especially your parents, know your parents first and then check in with everybody else. This can give you so much information about what you need to do and what things you need to change in your diet and lifestyle to make sure that you stay optimal well into your golden years. All right. So let's talk about nutrigenomics. One of my favorite topics, nutrigenomics is harnessing the power of food to change your genes. Nutrigenomics studies the interaction between our diet, our lifestyle, our genes, especially regarding the prevention and treatment of disease. Each of us has a unique body chemistry determined by our genes, and our DNA serves as the blueprint for everything about us, you know, everything from our hair color to our susceptibility to disease to our health potential, our ability to manage our weight, Our genes also determine the way our body responds to certain foods, the way it can metabolize foods, physical activity, and other lifestyle choices. Nutrigenomics in its simplest element says the nutrients in your food interact with your genes. Where we once thought we were powerless, we're like at the mercy of of our DNA, um, it's, it's just not the case anymore because now we know that we can use nutrition to affect our genes. And if we can do that, then we're no longer at the mercy of our DNA, which is super exciting when it comes to fighting and preventing disease, because it affirms that our positive daily choices, all these healthy habits that we're building can prevent us from living with the same health issues that are present in our bloodline. So once you get a picture of what you're working with, and the way you do this is by doing genetic testing. So you want to see what you're working with, child. Well, you see how what you're working with is you get some genetic testing, you figure out, okay, this is the hand that I've been dealt. Once you know the hand you've been dealt, then you can then change your health destiny. You can also affect your genes by eating certain foods, but it's not only the food that matters. Lifestyle factors also affect our gene expression. So this is why it's super important to approach your health from a holistic perspective because your gene expression can be changed based on whether or not you move daily, move your body, your thoughts, your feelings, your social connections, toxin exposure in the environment, your general state of mind, exposure to certain diseases within your lifetime, whether or not you exercise. This is why holistic health is the way to go. You, you, you have to think of all of these factors sort of as like puzzle pieces and together they amount to living your best, healthiest life. So when we take these into consideration, these these factors, and we're also aware of the hand that we're dealt, our genes, then I get super excited because then we can create a truly personalized diet and lifestyle. My dream is that if we were able to do this from early years, 
maybe the oldest, like teenage years or even younger and analyze potential health issues that could arise, then we could build a proactive, not reactive lifestyle to prevent health imbalances from ever happening in the first place. Hashtag goals. (laughs) This is why I'm super excited now to be integrating nutrigenomics into my nutrition practice. And we did it for the first time in 2020 in my eight-week transformative longevity program, staying ageless 30 plus. And we're going to do it again this year, child. We're using DNA testing for our VIPs to help each woman determine what foods may be the best to include in her diet. I truly, truly believe this is where the future of nutrition is headed. I, I believe it won't be about health gurus telling you what diet they think is the best for you, but actually analyzing your specific DNA, your family history of disease, your lifestyle choices, creating a preventative plan. At least that's what I'll be over here doing, even if everybody else ain't doing it, okay? (laughs) If you are a woman who is interested in staying blind until you're 99 or close to it, we are adding name store staying ages 30 plus wait list. So if you want to be among the first to have the opportunity to book your spot and know, know when we're launching, we Starbucks again next month, but we're going to send out some, you know, precursor emails to that wait list to let y'all know that if you're all ready to go. So if you're interested in that, DM me on Instagram at the raw girl or email me or email my assistant raw girl assistant at Gmail. And we can add you to our growing wait list child. We'd love to have you. All right. We're going to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to speak to our awesome guest for today. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all-new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy, For women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms, if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's Clean Starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs and we officially launched January 1st, 2021. 
You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. Today's guest is Shay Leonard, a licensed and board-certified physician assistant practicing psychiatry in the state of Texas. Shay is the owner of Shay Leonard Wellness, which offers online health coaching from a functional medicine perspective. Shay earned her Bachelor of Science in Biology from Lubbock Christian University. Upon completion, she obtained her Master's in Physician Assistant Studies at Texas Tech University. Her experience in psychiatry, as well as her personal health journey, led her to seek alternative functional healthcare methods for herself and her patients. Thank you so much, Shay, for joining me on the show today. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here today with you and getting to meet you. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about your personal health journey? Like, How did you end up becoming a physician assistant and getting into integrative psychiatry? Yes. So I have wanted to practice medicine since I was little. My aunt is a pediatrician and really kind of had um, an influence on me growing up. So I've always kind of known I wanted to do something in medicine. It wasn't until I met a PA in college. um, She was actually, I was seeing her that I first learned what is a PA. I had no idea that was a thing. I didn't know anybody um, who were physician assistants until I met her. And really it kind of clicked for me that, hey, that's really the route I want to go, mostly because there's a lot more flexibility. I can change fields. Um, I don't maybe necessarily have as much of um overhead as far as, you know, you have to be here this certain time all the time, that type of thing. And it's a little quicker. And so for me, ultimately in college, I decided, okay, PA is the route for me. And I hadn't heard of um, really naturopathic um, DOs or NDs or anything like that. Mm. So it's not just a PA, that's what I'm going to do. And so I really decided that I applied to PA school as a junior in undergrad and got in And so I actually graduated undergrad and then started PA school about two weeks later. So I kind of went through, which was great. I loved it. I graduated PA school and had no idea what I wanted to do. (laughs) So uh, basically, I started in allergy and immunology and um, enjoyed that for a couple years. And um, in the meantime, I was going through a horrible health crisis um, Mm. since since I was about 13 years old. So I had kind of already ha- had this brewing of, um, hey, I don't know if conventional medicine has been, to be honest, super helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I kind of had seen a lot of specialists and being a PA, I still wasn't getting answers. And so I kind of had this background of really doing my own research for myself. And I started treating myself in a functional way all the meanwhile, you know, didn't learn any about that in um, conventional PA school, of course. Mm. And um, anywho, I actually started working in psychiatry. So long ter- story short, I started working in psychiatry and the provider I was working with was really into genetics. And really yeah. that was kind of his, um, that was kind of his specialty was, you know, we did genetic testing. It really gave us a good idea. And that alone, I mean, no one in the area did genetic testing and they still don't to this day. And so really it kind of started with supplements. Oh, you know, we're going to do these supplements and oh yeah, you know what? Your diet and sleep really does matter for mental health. And that's really where I kind of got introduced to that. Okay. Meanwhile, 
still dealing with my own health crisis that I ultimately met a functional medicine pharmacist who's a wonderful friend of mine now. And um, she changed my life and she changed my health. And that was really the tipping and turning point for me. Okay, got you. Wow. So you're kind of planning to do more of the conventional thing. And then your your own health journey was like, hmm, maybe I should check out these other things. And then you ended up getting healed in the process. Yes, 100% had no, my aunt, she, like I said, she's a pediatrician. She does um, a lot of functional medicine stuff. So I knew about it in my realm, but I did not plan on practicing that way. I was going to go to PA school, do conventional medicine, you know, yay, I can prescribe medicine and diagnose, woohoo. And then, yeah, realized that's not for me. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Can you break down for us what integrative psychiatry actually is? Yes. And so a lot of times, um, for one, I would say most of the people in our area wouldn't even call it that or would even know um, that that's what we're doing. But in general, from our experience, as far as what we're seeing is we really try to find the root cause of the mood imbalances instead of, okay, you have this ICD-10 diagnosis. The only option is to be on this SSRI for the rest of your life. And we very much still, you know, prescribe prescription medications, especially for stabilization and triage, things like that. But there's such an important part of the integrative part of, hey, what's your gut health doing? I can't count how many people I've seen with schizophrenia or depression. And I ask them, are you pooping every day? And they're like, why are you asking that for one? And they're like, no, maybe like once a week. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, of course you're going to have mental health imbalances. So simple things like that, to be honest, is what makes it integrative, which is wild, but it all comes down to, we discuss lifestyle changes and lifestyle modifications and, and use supplements and really try to get to the root cause in addition to uh, taking insurance um, and um, using uh, pharmaceuticals as well when needed. Yeah, that is so important. I mean, I've done that in my practice a bunch of times where because I have clients with some mood disorders and they are working with a separate professional. And so I try to bridge the gap because, you know, they sometimes, you know, their psychiatrist or whoever else wants to prescribe them really heavy meds. And I'm like, well, what are the side effects of those? Are those going to make your life, you know, horrible long term? Mm -hmm. Let's find the gap between where it's like, okay, let's figure out what what is actually possible here, what's actually going on, what your your real issue is. That's so huge. I used to always say, why don't whenever someone is depressed or anxious or they I really wish that there was a, a mandate to go see a nutritionist or a holistic mm-hmm. practitioner first. Because Absolutely. there's generally going to be something wrong with what's going on in their body. And the saddest part is, you know, of course, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of, um, of patients in in the psych realm. And most of the time, once I get them, they've been on four or five different medications, you know, now, you know, they've been on antidepressants for 10, 15 years, you can imagine what their gut lining looks like because of that. And uh, it just makes it worse. Now we, we, we don't even have serotonin sensitivity. So you know, the, the prescription medications, um, they truly are long-term not addressing anything, uh, really not working on the action of the, the neurotransmitter itself, if that's even an issue. Oftentimes, it's not the neurotransmitter necessarily. And so it's really interesting to see how impactful, and it's one of the first thing I tell my patients in psych is, these lifestyle changes by far, majority of the time are going to make 
the biggest difference way more than just the, the prescription medication. And yeah. uh, always, always, always we start with supplements, testing, lifestyle changes. And then if, you know, we cannot get their symptoms under control first with that, um, sometimes we will use prescriptions based on, like we mentioned, stabilization and things like that. Yeah, no, really good points. Like I had a contract earlier part of my career where I worked with the Department of Disability Services and I saw clients with everything from schizophrenia to bipolar to whatever, but in really low income situations and just really rough because people were literally be like, I would get some people and it's like, you know, at some point you become a vegetable when a doctor has given you five, Mm -hmm. six medications on top of each other, sometimes not even taking away the, (laughs) even taking away the initial, you know what I mean? And I'm like, how is this nuanced? How are we helping this person with this? I I don't see it. Uh, It's wild. And, and, you know, unfortunately too, um, we see so much of, gosh, I started being depressed. I don't know why. And then, you know, you, you look through their history and you find out they're on high, high doses of a beta blocker. Well, mm. you know, and that's not even, that's not even from a psych. We're getting that from PCP, you know, or, or different things like that. So it's a really um, interesting when you start getting into that realm. And to be honest, a lot of my integrative part is finding a stopping point for those medications, you know, working right. with to, hey, do I have to be on this forever? No, let's address all of these things and let's taper you off. I think that that's something that I don't see in traditional psych ever. It's like you're on track for 50 years and it's like, no, we can, we, we shouldn't have to. Let's address the root causes and be able to work on a tapering schedule um, so that you're not on these. And I think that's a big part that's missing often. Oh, totally. I am so on that page. Like I'm always saying like, I'm not trying to like burn down the establishment necessarily, but it needs to be used in a way that's responsible and thoughtful and actually promotes health. Because right now it's like, okay, if I'm on Prozac for 50 years, okay, it's going to deplete certain nutrients for 50 years, which are then going to lead to another, (laughs) which are then going to lead to another problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's really no, or from what I'm seeing when people do eventually get to me or any, anybody in our uh, practices, they are looking for something different. They're like, this is clearly not working. You know, I've been on, I've tried six or seven different prescriptions. I don't feel like I'm being heard. This is Mm. clearly not working. I don't want to be on this. Um, Mm. how can I get off? And, you know, I hear all the time and I get it. It's not easy. I've heard multiple times people say, well, my primary care doctor has me on Cymbalta, but they, and I feel fine, but I want to get off of it and they don't want to because it's going to be too challenging. I'm like, well, okay, it is challenging sometimes, but that's no reason to stay on it for the rest of your life. Um, right. You know, so it's really interesting. Um, but that's where I would say some of the biggest differences in um, traditional psychiatry versus integrative. Okay. So where does something like amino acid therapy come into play? I, I kind of have a general understanding of it. I understand that, you know, amino acids are building blocks for neurotransmitters, right? But break it down for people who are like, I don't even know how this would work and, and how, how do you use it? Perfect. So most of our amino acid therapies based on genetic testing. 
I can speak all day about genetic testing. That's where I got my first niche. What I found out, um, you know, through all of that is it is just an informative information. Genetics is not the end all be all. We can talk, you know, forever about epigenetics and how really that is the game changer. That's what needs to be focused on. But finding some of that information via genetics can help us optimize those pathways or those genetic variances in, um, in a positive way really way more effective than uh, prescription medication most often. So for instance, if I have someone um, with altered DRD2, mm-hmm. got some some dopamine issues, maybe some ADHD tendencies, impulsivity. Hey, you know, I would love to have the conversation of healing your gut because we know half of dopamine is produced in the gut. Also, yeah. let's introduce L-tyrosine, the precursor um, to yeah. dopamine. Let's look at that. Obviously, making sure we have no psychotic symptoms or, you know, the whole thing. But, um, you know, looking at something like L-tyrosine to start boosting that natural production and supporting the production of dopamine instead of just putting them immediately on a controlled um, stimulant medication um, is a good example of that, um, as Mm. well as tryptophan. So or 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP. If I have individuals who do not want to be on an antidepressant, Mm -hmm. determine that it looks like there is a serotonin issue, you know, maybe they're waking up in the middle of the night. Okay, well, clearly, you know, there's not enough serotonin. It's not producing melatonin. Maybe this is an actual serotonin issue, which most of the time depression's not, but um, Mm. determine that and also healing the gut because 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut. So that's first and foremost. But we might put them in on um, some 5-HTP or tryptophan, which is the precursor to serotonin. Serotonin, right. Yeah. And so it can naturally help boost your natural serotonin production. Well, you think of an SSRI, they just work on the action of serotonin. They're not increasing any type of synthesis of it whatsoever. And so oftentimes I will use it in combination um, at a low dose to avoid mm-hmm. increasing a prescription or tapering someone off. I will often use um, 5-HTP or L-tryptophan as an amino acid therapy to uh, taper people off of um, SSRIs, things like that. Does this become kind of like a band-aid that you have to continue forever and ever? Or does the body sort of just respond to this therapy over time? And hopefully the the gist is to kind of jumpstart you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so that's where I think that a lot of times, not just an in integrative conventional medicine or integrative um, care, but also functional medicine is we find that we are just switching out prescription medications for supplements. Yeah. And it's still not something that we need to be doing. Um, you know, the whole point long term is to really stimulate your own production and, and really build that. So absolutely, it's also more of a stabilization triage. Now, of course, you may have specific genetic variants and for some reason, you know, you are like, say you have MTHFR and you're allergic to leafy green vegetables. Okay, well, that's, you might have to be on, you know, um, methylfolate long term potentially, which is kind of rare. But of course, it's more of a, a triage, get them stable, really help them develop the skills they need to, to manage that long term, healing the gut, things like that. Let's talk a little bit more about genetic testing. Like I had a client who, because I'm I'm very into it, 
and I just keep going deeper down my nerdy rabbit hole, which means one day yeah. I'll wake up and I'll have a certification or something. That's what that yeah. is what happens to be. <laughs> but yeah. um, I had a client who had an NTHFR SNP and it really understanding this about her helped me figure out what was going on with her like a thousand percent. Yeah. And I guess because genetic testing seems so um, inaccessible, I feel like more people are hearing about it and more people are interested in it. I have a lot of people coming to my practice interested in it. What do you feel like is a good, what are some good places to start for just the average person who's like, I'm really interested in this? So for one, in in you can get it covered through insurance. So I, you know, what? working. Oh yeah. So our integrative psychiatry practice uh, we only take Blue Cross Blue Shield and it gets covered through insurance every time. Hmm. So using a psychiatric diagnostic code. So it is out there. You just have to find the right people who are doing that. And it's hard to find in conventional medicine, someone doing genetic testing, but almost oh, basically 99% of my patients in that practice have their genetic testing covered through Blue Cross. So okay. number one, thank goodness we are starting to see that because primary care doctors need to be on board with this. Oh my goodness. You yeah. know, like the genetic testing we run, you know, it tells us cardiovascular meds, diabetes meds, really more a lot of pharmacological um, uh. pathways of, well, don't, we don't need to waste our time on any of these statins because you're a horrible metabolizer of them and you're going to have horrible myopathy okay, well, that would be important for them to know so that they do not waste their time and have horrible side effects. Same with these SSRI medications. Well, there's a billion of them. And then, you know, different antidepressants. Well, if you're a ultra rapid metabolizer of SSRIs, then we don't need to try Zoloft and Prozac and Celexa. None of them are going to be helpful. It's just going to be a waste. Or vice versa, you're a poor metabolizer of um, Paxil, for instance. Well, you're going to have horrible weight gain, potentially really terrible sexual side effects. Well, we can just bypass those that we already have this uh, genetic issue metabolizing them. So there's a big place for pharmacogenomic testing um, for everybody. And it is getting covered through insurance. If you know, if you use the right company and, and use the right, you know, coding and things like that. But that you were just describing sounds more like let's see how your genetics will respond to medicine. Yes. So if you're going to choose a medicine, it's the only way I would ever go. That's for sure. Mm. Um, I can't imagine practicing without it. Um, but also the, like, for instance, the genetic testing that I, I run on my people, it includes both. It checks MTHFRs. It checks adrenaline and estrogen metabolism. It checks um, dopamine and it checks pharmacological pathways as well. Okay. So that's cool because from my perspective, I look at the genetic testing and I help it inform obviously like diet and lifestyle. Right. But yeah. it, it, this is so cool because this it's also, it, I could see how the whole future of healthcare could be so much more improved because it could then also inform what types of medications someone even dares to prescribe you. Yeah. At least you're not even at least if you're going to get prescribed one, even for triage or stabilization, it's mm -hmm. one that's going to hopefully be effective and cause less issues long-term or short-term as far as side effects go, just based on how you process the, the prescription itself. That's pretty cool. That's, that's actually really cool. Um, I hope that we can all get on board one day soon. <laughs> yes, 
I'm telling you, I can't imagine practicing, you know, any type of like prescribing for someone without having that information. It really is, you know, kind of shooting a shot in the dark and um, really trial and error instead of, you know, having at least a little bit more information. So that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about sleep. You mentioned some stuff about sleep and, and your own health journey, but you talked about like um, the practice of psychiatry helping you to learn to optimize your genetics. I'm interested in like where does sleep and sleep hygiene fit with all of this? Because I don't think the average person would be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sleep is going to help me <laughs> optimize my genetics. Yes. And so sleep is something I talk about so often, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, for instance, serotonin, long use of antidepressants can actually deplete your natural production of serotonin, which produces melatonin. So now we're Mm. on antidepressants, we're on sleep aids, you know, and it just becomes quickly a nightmare. And so sleep hygiene is always so simple and probably one of the most impactful things next to stress management. Um, You can take all the supplements and you can do all the things, but if you are not sleeping well, you are not going to be well. And so it is important and high quality sleep is literally vital for healing and sustained wellness. And it's really a non-negotiable. Yeah, for sure. What kinds of things are your favorite tips to give people for sleep hygiene? So over and over again, sleep hygiene principles can improve poor sleep tremendously. You know, often we jump to, oh, let me get melatonin or um, even 5-HTP or these adaptogenic herbs to help us or all the way to prescriptions when really we're not giving our body any signals to tell it to go to bed. And we're expecting that our mind and body is just supposed to turn off even though, you know, we're doing accounting in the middle of the night or we're watching some right. crime, crime drama with, you know, blue light all night long. And then we turn off the lights and expect our body to go to bed. Well, it's very much in a sympathetic dominant state. And so that's just not conducive. So really choosing quiet evening activities that really can help you relax mentally and physically, taking an Epsom salt bath, you know, going for a light walk, you know, at 7 or 8 p.m. at night doing quiet activities, turning off all full spectrum light for at least one to two hours before bedtimes, no email, no TV, at least use blue light blocking glasses if possible. And, um, really avoid anything that amps up your brain, you know, balancing, balancing things, next day planning, having a stressful conversation with your spouse. Don't do that before bed ever. (laughs) Not going to be helpful. And then any type of stimulant, you know, really avoiding caffeinated food and drink after 2 p.m. or so, um, including chocolate. You know, a lot of people like to have a little late night chocolate and and that can keep people up quite often. Keeping it quiet around, um, paying attention to temperature and uh, really, really, really having a relaxing ritual. You can drink herbal teas or, like I said, have a bath or maybe read, do some gratitude journaling, listen to um, meditations, set, you know, one to two hours before bed, not five minutes before bed. You know, Mm -hmm. it's time to get the body signaled that it's okay, it's safe for us to rest and digest. Awesome. Super awesome. Is there anything else you would like to add just in general, like for people in this new year? 
and just who are trying to think about how to optimize their health, like what would be your go-to tips? Like I mentioned just a second ago, if I were just to meet anyone on the street, I would say stress management and sleep hygiene, which I know is interesting because I'm all about food as well. I'm huge on food, but I have seen all too often, maybe it's being in the psych realm, that I have people who do all the right things, but they Mm -hmm. are still stressed and that is not managed, then we are not going to improve. So um, you might eat an amazing diet, but if you are, you know, promoting this go, 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 never stop, ruminating type thinking, really need to work on thought patterns and getting yourself into a parasympathetic state, we really are still not healthy as same as sleep. Um, We have to have sleep. So for me, of course, diet, love it, so important, but I actually really hold hard and true to stress and sleep. So managing stress, recognizing what did I do today or this week that promoted relaxation? Did I do anything to my body to tell it that it's okay to rest? Or do I just go, 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 never stop? I feel a little sick and I just drink more caffeine and keep going. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what we do instead of listening to our body, taking those signals that it's saying, oh, I have a little headache or I feel a little tired. Okay, there, it's your body's telling you to rest, rest, take care of yourself, and we we don't do that enough now. And I definitely recommend that, as well as making sleep a huge priority. Love it. I'm always saying sleep is the foundation of healthy living. So y'all heard it again from somebody yes. else. <laughs> absolutely, stress, uh, stress management, and sleep hygiene—two of the most, by far, most important things you can do to optimize your health this year. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Shay. Where can people find you online and follow you? So anyone can find me on my Instagram or Facebook. My Instagram handle is at Shay Leonard, S-H-A-E-L-E-O-N-A-R-D, or my website, www.shayleonard.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. Ordinarily, it would be time to take a question from Instagram or email, but we're not taking questions today. But remember, if you'd like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs, all right? Respond to the call for questions on my profile at The Raw Girl or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. I hope that today's episode gave you some insights about why it's important to understand your family health history and also how getting more information about your genetic makeup can empower you to have clarity about how to design a lifestyle that is proactive and leads you to living your best life. (laughs) Of course, you should always do this in tandem with a health professional that you trust. Today, I leave you with a quote by Bill Walton who said, health is a function of three things. Number one, luck. Number two, genetics. And number three, choices in your lifestyle. I hope that this week you will support your health by what you can control, which are daily actions, moving that body, drinking your water, eating your vegetables, and of course, minding your business. Well, that's all for today, sis. 
If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at the raw girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. show.com.